Hello and welcome to Can You Hear Me at the Back, the podcast about all things voice and communication. Hi, Andrea. Hey, Leon. <laughs> Here we are, remote. Mm. Remote. Like, it sounds like we're on an island. I mean, we are on an island. Oh my God, we are on an island. Oh, we're surrounded by water. This is, this, is, uh, this is why people have this fallacy that we'd be all right on our own without the rest of Europe. about a politics early doors <laughs> so yeah. with uh, a sound and uh, a movement how are you feeling today right now mm, I like it slightly aquatic oh yeah it is mm. aquatic with Steve Sisu <laughs> Oh, it's the life aquatic. The life aquatic, yeah. It's a good movie. I quite like his movies. Where's, where's mm. Um, yeah, a bit kind of. Not really sure what's happening right now. Um, Andrea, mm. in a sound and a movement, how do you feel? Mm. What are we talking about today? Oh, we're talking about practice. <laughs> Small sip of wine, and what? What? So, what do I? What do you practice, and how? Right? Yes. What do you practice, and how do you practice that thing that you practice? Because it's one of those things that people kind of go, "Yes, you must go away and practice that," and you and you very diligently sort of nod your head and smile and 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 write something down. Mm. Oh, please, students. Oh, in write whatever it. institution you are in, please just write things down. Please. Write it down. Oh my God, write it down. Remember. You will never remember. I write everything down. I have gone through three notebooks this year. <laughs> because and it's March. Mm. Oh, guys. Right. So, write, you write it down and then you go away and you practice it. But the question is, how and what do you practice? Mm. I, so I'm going, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to slight confession. I was never really great at practicing <laughs> as a student. <laughs> um, I was like, as a voice student, I think I was a lot better at it. But then if you think about like, the one of the reasons I'm not a great pianist, because <laughs> I wasn't a great pianist. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just didn't like it. I was like, I'll do it when the time comes. <laughs> um, but I think and when was the time, Andrea? The time was right there. Right oh, there. Yeah. Right there. I, my piano teacher loved me. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? It's only when you start teaching that you realise how frustrating it is to be a teacher because yes, you're sitting there going, oh my God, could you practice, please? And when I first started teaching singing, um, Instead of voice, or as well as voice, alongside voice, um, when I first started teaching singing many, many years ago, the um, I, I genuinely then emailed, Facebook messaged, and you know sent carry pigeons to all of the previous um, singing and musical instrument teachers that I had had over the years, saying, um, "I'm really sorry for being that student that I now hate because I can see." what the potential is in those students. I can mm. see that they're not fulfilling it. 
and I can now appreciate how frustrating I must be to work with or must have been to work with. <laughs> and they're all like, yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> it's weird. So in singing, I feel like I practiced in singing because I had a goal and I knew what I wanted to sound like and I knew what uh... I but like in piano I, I didn't because I felt like it took too long and I didn't see the results fast enough <laughs> but in singing I knew that I could um, but and then in voice I think I needed to practice when I was on the course because I felt really far behind so I felt like I needed to practice every day be honest every other day uh, <laughs> 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 because there was like kids because I, I wasn't as I it was something that I hadn't experienced before and I needed to get it into my body um but then I I think I think there are multiple things about practicing I think one of the biggest things for me is that it's not just a practice of like a physical exercise but it's also a practice of like a thought it's about the way that you practice so it's not necessarily like oh, I'm going to sit down and do these scales but it's, it's, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to think about how I'm approaching my work. Like the one, the biggest, the biggest thing for me is I hate, hate when I get students who are like, oh, I don't know how to memorize lines. Um, and, or they go off and they memorize their lines sitting down and then we stand up and we basically have to do the whole thing all over again because, <laughs> because they don't know it like in their body, they just know it as, as sitting like or lying down on a bed and having it done there and I think there is something in the practice of um the the practice of performing right like like having that experience and knowing that that I practice the way that it's going to be as I get up in a rehearsal room or as I get up in front of my teacher so that you have that embodied thing where it's not just in your head but it's also physically in you as well I think that's really important. There's one of those, there's a big difference between, I, we were saying this the other day about con connection and stuff. Um, there is a huge difference between reciting something and therefore just knowing what the words are and what order they come in, sort of, yeah. um, and being connected to something. And the connectionism is a more of a corporeal, more of a body, mind, interplay, however you want to phrase it. But there's there's more going on than there is just if you are trying to just remember what it is that you're trying to say. And that is a muscular activity. That's a neurologically programmed muscular activity that, um, that requires you to reinforce through doing. Mm. And then what often happens, I very rarely have students say to me, I don't know how to memorize. But what I do often have is people, when I'm working on a scene or I'm working on a particular speech or a passage or whatever it might be, and it's off book, that then they forget the line because I've asked them to do something different. Right. Which is fine. That's never a problem for me because I've of, often heard them do the lines prior and they're fine like i know you know them it's just that we've now changed the activity or the action or the whatever mm. um that, that we've changed the doing a little bit um and sometimes that'll just knock you off kilter because you need to then form a new thought pattern around that mm. um but it's not it's never as simple as just 
saying the work, saying the words that are in your head. It's there's more to it. Um, and then practicing, as you were saying, is not just is not just repetition. I think that's the really big thing that people think. It's like, oh yeah, practice. I'll just sit down and repeat the same thing. But if you're repeating it and it's never getting better, all you're doing is reinforcing the behaviour that you happen to be doing, mm. which is not thought through often. It's mm. habitual or it's accidental. Mm. So it makes it kind of difficult to then be able to address something because you don't know how to, you don't know which bit is the bit to change or the bit to work on. Yeah. We do, because we can see it from the outside. But if you haven't worked out what it is to do, if you don't know what the difference between volume Mm -hmm. and accent Mm -hmm. and pitch and intonation is, Mm. then uh, this is going to take a long time. (laughs) Yes, we could be here for a while. Um, Mm. I always, yeah, that's very true. And I always find that it's not necessarily like, it's not necessarily, like, like you said, I don't think it's about repetition, but it's about, it's like, it's about a mindfulness in your work that like (laughs) that you're just that you're present in your work if i'm going to bring it back to connection so that you're not just like um and and that i feel is a little bit different than doing um drills because i i had a big thing before about the difference between um practicing as it is in like sports um or like uh or like a skill like a musical instrument and practicing as it is for like a performer but for a performer and i think one of the things for me is that there is a lot more drills that happen in like sports like you have you, you do wind sprints to get yourself fit and blah, blah, blah. but that's not the practice those are the drills to get you to the practice which might be your scrimmage and then that scrimmage is supposed to help you get to your big game um, and so each one of those things are helping you along the way. It's not like the drills are just going to, if you just, if you just do wind sprints, that just makes you a really fast runner. It doesn't make you a good <laughs> football player. Um, but if you do the wind sprints and then you're there for the scrimmages and you're listening to all the strategies or whatever it is, I'm actually really proud of myself for this analogy. <laughs> it's gone a lot deeper. I have <laughs> no idea what you're talking about. I was like, wow. This but is it so sounds. Like, who knew that I knew this much about sports? <laughs> Sounds wonderful. You've eked it out. You didn't even have to tell us you didn't know what you were talking about any longer. I was totally there. I, was I bet like, every listener was I as well. I didn't even know that I knew that much about how sports work. But it's like the drill into the scrimmage into the game, and the game is the performance, and that is what we're aiming for. Not the drill, the game. <laughs> oh my god, that's brilliant. We're not aiming for a drill, we're aiming for the game. We're aiming for the game. Get your head in the game. <laughs> Go Seahawks! I don't even know. <laughs> Is that even a thing? A Seahawk? I have no idea. No, but, um... Should we get a podcast episode, a podcast mascot called... No, not Seahawk. I feel like it should be called JC Wells or something. JC. <laughs> <laughs> um... 
So, yeah, I totally love that analogy. I understood very little of it, but I did understand the premise. Um, but the, the imagery I found difficult to connect to. But with... <laughs> <laughs> but with... Um, yeah, with, with, with that, is the exercise that you do in class is designed mm. to give you something specific mm. in somewhere down the line. It's not, it's not designed for you. It's not the end result. It's not mm. the end product. So if we're asking you to, you know, I don't know, um, uh, gallop around doing verse speaking, because we want you to feel that there's meter to it and we want you to feel whether there's regular or irregular meter to it, mm. whether that's iambic or otherwise, mm. um, <laughs> that, that you know who you are who think it's just iambic. Um, <laughs> but, it's, but it's one of those things, you know, like it's not just because you're going around the room, that doesn't mean that you're going to, you know, perform hamlet by <laughs> to beat or not to beat that is the question yeah, like no, that's not that's not what you're going to do like that's but in order to be able to explore it somewhat we need to sort of you know free it up and put it in your body but also st take your brain out of it a little bit and make it a connected experience mm. um and and that's the drill that's the stuff that allows you to kind of gain access to the ability to do something mm rather than it being the end result. Yeah. You know, galloping a speech or, you know, playing on a drum or, I don't know, playing on someone else's back or I don't know, whatever exercise you want to do. But, like, finding the rhythm of it doesn't make you a good actor. It, it just yeah. allows you to decipher what the rhythm is. Mm -hmm. All the other stuff, the, the 154,000 other things that you do after that, that starts to put you in a place to become a better actor. But it's, um, yeah. Yeah, and I think so. I um, I taught a class with um, older um, individuals, and what was really interesting to me. <laughs> what does that mean? Does that mean that they were over the age of your normal students, and therefore, you know, postgraduates? Yeah. Or or were they all claiming a pension and had a free bus pass? They, most of them were older than me in that class like you could teach me and that would be <laughs> people older than that, you in the class that, that, would, that, would, that would actually satisfy that requirement um, older, so I normally teach um, on, a, on my normal weekdays like 15 to like 25 okay. um, or more in the like upper 30s I guy who was in his 60s kind of range sure. um but what I, so very very different in terms of age range but what i noticed is that they were a lot more willing to practice because they wanted to get better and they wanted to see results um and what was interesting is that they asked for exercises specifically to practice so that when they came to class um they didn't have to do the exercise but they could just do the work and we could get feedback on the work I know, which is wonderful. Can you just say that again? Because that's, I mean, again, you know who you are. And if you're listening to this, I'm talking to you right now. <laughs> you know who you are. That Say that again, that when you come to class, because um, you're doing the practice, what? 
is when you come to class, you do the work so that I can give you feedback on the work, not on the exercise. I don't really care about the exercise. The exercise is for you to practice, but it's also not the only way that you can practice that thing. Because we know there are multiple things that we could do for resonance. There's tons of different exercises for that. There are tons of different exercises for a whole bunch of different things. I'm not really, I'm not as concerned. And if I give you one, that only means that they're like, 20,000 more out there that you could absolutely do and that's fine do whatever it is but I don't want you to come to class um and having needing me to guide you through an exercise when we have an assessment to do or when we have work to do that's not what we're there I I'm give you I, I give you an exercise we explore it a little bit you like it you take it home you do it some more and you come to class ready to work yeah and one of the greatest notes I ever had at drama school, thanks to Project Williams, love that, um, is she just used to say to me, baby, don't let the work, don't show me you've been working. I know you've been working. I also know when you haven't been working. So don't show me the work. Just do it. And then, and it'll be there. And it mm. took me two years, at least, to be able to go, okay, I don't have to be like, hey, look, I did the work. Because you know that I did the work and I work hard. So we know that I did the work. Come on. So I did mm. the work. That was fine. And then, and she would always make a point to tell me that, yeah, I can see you've done the work. Good. Now the next layer is this. And I'd be like, oh, okay, cool. And then write down and then do the next thing. But it was mm. never about catching me out for not doing the work right you know which to be absolutely honest in my life when i was at school <laughs> never did the work i was way too busy <laughs> sitting in my car or like sitting in a piano room <laughs> like genuinely i'd spend most of my school years um in a piano room playing the piano or playing the clarinet or doing something that i wanted to do much more than mm -hmm. mathematics or almost anything else um so that was a thing. Um, mm. Or I would sit in my car and read. Because mm. that seemed like... I would read plays, like voracious appetite for plays and play texts and, you know, had read everything that I could probably like, get my hands on in those days about acting before I went to drama school. Um, right. So not much has changed, let's be honest. Um, but, that, but that sort of thing was really um, important to me, to know that the work was acknowledged and the work was already there. Mm. And that I didn't have to demonstrate that I had done the work. I just did it. And then it was mm -hmm. present because, and it was present in the work that I, had, I was doing, that I was, and because it was achieved in a different way. So there was right. already another layer of nuance, of intricacy, of sophistication in the work that I was presenting or that I was able to present in the moment in class, um, which had been augmented by the exercise, by the, by the, by the drill. Mm. So I could play the game better. <gasps> yeah. I'm using your metaphor. I'm using your metaphor. <laughs> On that note, can I support? I like that. But they, what, um, what, what just got me, because we brought it back to school, and, <clears throat> and there, so there are two things to this. One is that, you do exercises in school, right? Like you do math problems um, 
so that you can solve bigger equations. Um, and there's a bigger thing about math and why we do math, but <laughs> it's the same thing. Which I'd like know. to know because frankly, I've never been like, hmm, I wonder how high that wall is and how far the distance is from the wall so I can work out how long my ladder should be because the square <laughs> of the hypotenuse equals the sum of the other square of the series. Like, I've never... I was really good at geometry and then everything else kind of just like, blah, blah, blah. and algebra, I was good at algebra. Um, but I think it's, I think it's about training students because you think about why we have education. It's about training students in a particular way to think. Um, I think that's where mathematics comes in and being able to take something and break it down and possibly build it back up again. It's really good for, that's why I think, you know, it goes hand in hand with engineering and things like that. But then if you think about, um, but you do that in lots of things, you take them, you put them into little parts so that you can practice little parts, then you put it back into the machine and, and it should work well hopefully if you practice it the right way but the same thing if you're if you were um having trouble reading um because i went to a thing where i was having trouble reading as a kid and it was you know it was phonics so you take the sounds and you and, and you do it bit by bit what are these two sounds together what are these two sounds together make them three sounds make them four sounds then we have a word then we put the word into a phrase and then we put the phrase into a paragraph into a sentence but again so you got to do the skills and you've got to practice the skills in order to get to the big performance of it the big thing which would be the reading of it um but i think the issue that i, I see a lot of times um with actors that i teach and especially young actors that there is still this weird myth that acting is, is naturalized and so it's something that like and voice is natural because we all speak and, and things like that and and so there's there's an element to it that people are like well if i do it every day why do i need to practice it mm-hmm what, and my counter to that is, do you do it every day? Like the way that we're doing it right now in class. <laughs> is that what you do every day? Because like, I'm, I'm going to be honest, it's a little bit weird if that's how you speak <laughs> every single day. Um, I think people might find that there is something a little bit off-putting about that. So it's not something that you put into practice in your everyday life. This is something that's a little bit more extreme. It's a little bit more extraordinary to an extent. And yes, that's a skill that has to be practiced. Um, and, and you have to hone it in order to put it in order, in order to put it back into the performance and make it magical. Mm, make it magical. So I'm going to start saying to my students now, make it magical. <laughs> M- impress me. Make me feel. <laughs> I'm not paying for this, but imagine that I am sitting in the fourth row of the stalls. Go. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's really important that it's about the, the, yeah, bringing it back to connection and being really connected in with what's going on and, and having the skills, honing a skill that is, that is part of an overall skill. Mm that kind of leads you in a, in a direction to be able to do those things. And it is extraordinary, literally extraordinary. It is beyond and outside of the ordinary. Mm. So trying to do something that is extraordinary when you are practicing the ordinary is not possible. Mm. And the notion, as you said, that acting is natural, it's like, well... One of the most hilarious things in most comedies is when somebody says, just like natural, and everyone goes, <laughs> and then I like, lean on something. Yeah, 
Well, hold it. Like, natural. like what? <laughs> how do you? And then people always go, "What do I do with my hands?" You're like, um, <laughs> I still "If that's the thing." Huh? What do I do with my hands? And I was like, "What do you? What? What? What do you mean? What do you do with your hands?" <laughs> what do you normally do with your hands? Oh, nightmare. And I often say to people, well, if you're thinking about what your hands are doing, then you're not really connected to the moment, are you? Because there's nothing really going on in your head aside from like, but what's happening with my hands? I've mm. got, ha if your brain's going, you've got hands, check them out. They're on the end of your arms. Then like, you're not, you're not thinking about how dreadful it is that, I don't know, this thing happened between you and the other actor or the other character or your character and the other character. It's just not like, ugh, stop it. Do something, do something more interesting. Um, but yeah, there's not, it, it, the, the, this is something that we had in, on a podcast a long time ago, mm. um, which was just because it looks simple, it doesn't mean it is. Just because mm. it looks easy, it doesn't mean that it is. And just because it sounds like it's normal and natural, it really doesn't mean that it is. Mm -hmm. Which, you know, I, my thesis for MFA was pretty much that, about, um, you know, coaching authenticity in actors for projection and audibility. So how do you actually sound loud enough and audible enough for an audience to hear you and also believe you mm. because it's not about whether or not the other actor believes you. It's about whether the audience receives sufficient enough information, sufficient information to, to understand you and to feel a connection. Otherwise, what's the point? Might as well just go mm. home. Um, and there is this sort of miscommunication between what it is to, to be heard and be seen mm. as an actor. Because I think lots of actors want to be, want to be heard, but in, in a contemporary age, I think we're more involved in the visual than we are in the auditory. Mm. <laughs> he says, as, the, as they record a podcast episode. <laughs> So I think there are niches, but then, you know, I speak to people all the time and say, oh yeah, we've got this great podcast. <laughs> Thanks guys. Um, we've got <laughs> a podcast that, uh, that we really enjoy doing and it's called Can You Hear Me at the Back? And it's about voice and communication and it's me and it's Andrea and we have so much fun and we talk about marshmallows and, you know, sometimes talk about voice, sure. A bit. But like, and then people say to me, hold on, podcasts what even is a podcast <laughs> and it's such a thing that i don't even think like i listen to a podcast podcast episode every day not of can you hear me in the back um but but necessarily sometimes <laughs> put it on loop listen to yourself talking about no i don't i don't although i do sometimes just play people in the bike or bagel situation but um you know like it's it's imp it's one of those things that i have in my everyday life it's like somebody you know not having heard of, you know, water or something like, mm. wait, that's literally something I do every day. Um, drink water. But, um, you know, do you know what I mean? It's like this weird, yeah. 
thing. And so actually, even though we're recording this and we're doing this and it will go out um, for the lovely people of the world to listen to, um, some people have never even thought that that's a thing. Yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's all about ex- like expanding your world, I guess, in that kind of sense, right? Like you can only... You only know what's in your world if it's presented to you, and if you and if it's not, um, then you either have to go and seek it, um, or it has to crash into your world in that kind of a sense. And uh, otherwise, it's you just go along your day, um, not knowing, and be absolutely fine with that. And that's absolutely. That's and that's one of those interesting things as well, isn't it? Because people say to me, "Well, how on earth would I get in touch with you if I wanted to have some coaching?" Or you know, like how? Do, I mean, how do you even find a voice coach? And I was like. Mm. Have you heard of Google? No. Nah, like, genuinely. On Google. <laughs> just put into Google. Like, genuinely, if you put in Leon voice, or you put in Andrea voice, it comes up. It like, A-U-N-D-R-E-A. Andrea. <laughs> voice. V-O-I-C-E. Come on, guys. You know, and it's really easy to get in touch with us. You can, you know, be in touch with us on Twitter or Instagram or whatever. And... You know, it's like that sort of stuff where people kind of go, well, I don't even know how I could do that. How do I access that? It's like... I think it's, I think it's more, I get more people who are like, they didn't know about it and they don't, they don't want to come unprepared to a voice coach. Um, so they don't want to, they don't want to just like start off a conversation if say they don't need an accent lesson, but they're interested in voice, but they're not sure what what it could do for them or how it could work for them because either they because they've never been exposed to it before or it's mm. like or anything like that and there's a lot of ambivalence in going i want to learn but i'm not exactly sure what i want to learn or how to go about it and then it just becomes that thing where you're just like oh i'll just leave it to the side and then 10 years go by and there was that thing that you were once interested in you never did so there are lots of things that i do that was not <laughs> yeah I have a lot of emails like that and I spend a lot of time emailing people, which I'm very happy to do. But, um, I send lots of emails to people answering questions and they say, I think, I think I'm interested in this. And I'm like, oh, okay, you're interested in this, 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 and this part of this, or is it something else? And they're like, oh, yes. And other things. I'm like, cool. Okay. fine." And then, so it kind of, that sort of stuff is quite interesting. And often people do talking, going back to practice, um, for a second, people always say to me, "What should I? What should I practice before the first session?" I'm like, uh, yeah. I don't know. What do you practice normally? Just do what you normally do, and then bring that, and then we can see where we go from there. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, then people, I've got a couple of clients who every session say to me, "Yeah, but what can I go away and practice?" And I'm like, "You know, all the stuff we just did, yeah, that, like literally that, what we just mm-hmm. did." Go and practice what we just did. And I will then re- go over the exercises again. They're like, yeah, 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 no, I know that, I know that. But what else can I do? Like, no, no, just do that right now. Just do that for a week, maybe two, and then come back, and then I'll give you the next thing. And they're like, oh, okay. Yeah. And it's really interesting because there's a part of me um, as, a, as a coach, but also just as a person, who who kind of wants to give them people everything all in one go and just go here's everything how cool is that and then people are like who am i what day is it what is going on and they just you but you can't nobody it's too much overload, much yeah. huh say again it's too much it's overload it's like that's not how you learn any skill is like 
you know, it, it, it's the same with like reading. If you're, if you had to learn how to read again, someone just gave you a piece of paper and they're like, here, here, here it is. Here are all the words. <laughs> Figure it out. You know, you hear your brain go, what? I don't, I don't get it. So you've got to take it down in small little chunks. And then there's some bits of it that you might already be okay with. And there's some things that you might be doing already that we don't even need to really touch on. Yeah. Um, and we can need them. You don't have to necessarily, I mean, you should always practice, but you don't have to necessarily practice that as much as the newer thing that we need to incorporate into your behavior. Well, that sounded dark. <laughs> no, but that's the thing though, isn't it? Because we what we're actually really doing is we're sort of conditioning people into doing something more efficient with their voice that will achieve mm. outcome that they're desiring. And then it kind of say, well, what do you go away? What do you want to go away and practice, or what do you want to achieve? But some, and what's really interesting is that sometimes it's very difficult to for people to trust in the process. Oh yeah. Not least of all, acting students, mm. performing students, because they're kind of like, well, why are we doing this? What's the point? And I had a conversation with a former student of mine who's currently coming back to me for some coaching. And I taught her in her degree for at least two of her three years. And she, she said to me, I find this really frustrating. And I said, why? She said, because I remember when you tried to teach this to our year group, and we're looking at Shakespeare and classical text. I remember when you tried to teach our year group this about six or seven years ago I was like yep and she said and when that when you tried to teach it to us so many people in our year were just like oh what is the point why are we even bothering nah, nah, nah. um I could be doing something else this is a waste of my time and so I was urged to change what I was teaching for mm. that particular session so which was <laughs> which was a session entitled voice and text so literally anyway um so i tried teaching them voice and text and they were like no this is boring um but also they'd never done any voice because they were music theater students they'd never done any voice not really right. yeah so i had them you know in semi supine for 20 minutes and i went around there were a hundred and four of them in this room oh yeah oh 104. And what did Leon do? Leon went round and checked everybody's head net back relationship <laughs> in half an hour. I mean, it was not thorough, but it happened. Um, so I went round and made sure that everybody was, you know, in semi supine and they had an, like a book behind their head and blah, blah, blah. And it was all like, I genuinely went around 104 of them. Might have been 109. Don't remember. But um, people were say, oh, it's pointless. We're just lying on the floor. And I was like, yeah, but you've never done this. So you don't know what a released sort of lengthened spine, um, you know, curved, curved but lengthened spine does. Mm. You don't know about primary control. You don't know about releasing your abdomen. You don't know about those sorts of things that allow you to do the thing that you need to do from a place of efficiency. So let's do it. And then, um, and then we'll lead on to looking at verse and looking at different types of text and we do like a punctuation workshop and blah, blah, blah. And so we did eventually. 
Um, but this particular, this, this client of mine now is coming back saying, I really wish we'd done more of this because now I really want to do it. And I have mm. no idea how to, because it wasn't, we weren't able to engage with it because there were certain people in the year group who just decided it was a waste of time for them because mm. they couldn't see how doing that then would influence the outcomes of what they were doing in the future. Yeah. I, you know, I, cause I, I, I deal with this quite a lot, but it's, it's weirdly, it, it comes back to this thing um, where somebody, I was having a debate about singing and whether or not you can teach someone to sing um, because, uh, and I think it's only because in things like dancing and singing, it's a little bit more apparent. You can actually see or hear a difference a lot of times, depending on what you're doing. Um, But because you get like an immediate response and like, yes, I got that note. No, I didn't really get that note, but that just means that it's not there yet. We can keep working on it, keep practicing. Same thing with dance. No, you don't have that turn yet. No, you don't have this yet. You keep practicing and pop, you know, and you can build it up, but you can see an actual difference in it. Whereas something with voice, it takes a long time to understand what you're experiencing and what you're not experiencing. And unless you're, tuned into it and unless you're practicing every day um it's you're, you're not going to see it and so you're not going to see the reward of it or the benefit of it because it's not something that's completely in your face all the time um and it's that same thing about like if it's not in your world how do you understand it you know you have to go out and seek it rather than it coming to you it's seeking the information rather than something being given to you and i think that's a societal thing and that's a whole other <laughs> there's a whole other topic about seeking information rather than just having information bombarded onto you um but, I but it's also the layering in which you understand what that information is mm. um you know and and having access to information does not mean that you know it yeah just because you can google it anybody can google anything and Google's quite intuitive and it works out what it is you might be looking for. And so then it does that. It finds it for you. But what happens is, is that does not make you knowledgeable on that subject. Mm. It is referred to as chauffeur knowledge. Does it? <laughs> yeah. Driving around looking. <laughs> because you're driving around and you're just like, la, 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 doing your thing, driving around as a chauffeur. And in the back, the person who's earning all the money, doing all the stuff, is talking about their finance job or their thing and the rest of it. And you just overhear stuff and you go, oh yeah, well the thing about that is. And then you start like being able to, you know, talk, and it's like, guys, you don't know because you're in the car. Whereas when he leaves, when the person, he, she leaves the car behind you, that's it. You're cut off from all that information. So you mm. don't know. You know what you know. Mm. Don't know what they know. Mm. So it's like, you know, watching somebody give one voice lesson mm. doesn't tell you about what they know about voice. It might tell you about what their, you know, what their level of interaction is, whether they're like, you know, personable with a, with a, with a group or whether they understand differentiation and and you know they can actually talk to a, 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 a varied group of people and do you know in, and, and, and enable them to achieve certain things you can see if they're a teacher or not blah, blah, blah. but what you can't really see is how much they know mm. um and and then also watching other people 
do things doesn't make you good at it. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like you can watch all the cooking shows in the world. You can watch Gordon Ramsay perfectly, you know, butcher a lobster. I don't know what he does. But you know what I mean? Like you can watch him do his Gordon Ramsay thing and be all Gordon Ramsay about it and be amazing. That doesn't make you a good chef. Mm. Like not even close. Mm. I mean, I'm a pretty good eater, let's be fair. But not I'm not the best chef. I'm gonna cook nice food. But like I'm not like I'm not a chef. I'm not Gordon Ramsay. I'm never gonna wear three Michelin stars. I mean, I could set my mind to it and maybe do it. You could. But I don't really go for you. I mean, Andre, would you would you eat in my restaurant? I actually would. They absolutely would. <laughs> I mean, generally, you do eat in my restaurant, which is I do. I eat my, <laughs> I room, my dining room. <laughs> um, <laughs> why are we making this work, Leon? <laughs> this evening, I had some chicken thighs with some roasted whole whole roasted peppers that would like charcoal on the black on the and black on the outside, and they'd been like. Um, left in the fridge, and they've been all—they're all cool and lovely. And some and some beetroot. Oh, it was delicious. <laughs> and then I had jelly. Oh yeah, I made jelly out of some raspberries. It's a thing with some blueberries in it. That is so nice. I need to do that. So tasty. Mm. But yeah, I mean, what do you practice and how? Well, practice what you're told to practice by somebody who understands what practicing is. It's not mm. just mindless repetition. Mm. It's also not just, this is the other thing as well. I was talking about this earlier with a client. It's not just running at the thing as fast as you possibly can and then just getting through it. Mm. Because, because that's anxiety, mm. you know? Standing on the side of the stage going, oh, please let this work. Oh, my God. Like, that's not, that is not good. That is not cool. Mm. Because then you're just going, oh, no, here's the scene and I don't really know what's happening in, or the song or the note or the whatever. I'm like, why don't you just... How, how, many other, how many other things do we allow that to happen in? Like, in your life? Like, we very rarely allow somebody to just like, run up... <laughs> and try something and see if it's gonna work. Like, I, I mean, you know, you, it, you know, if you're a teacher, you you spend time training to be a teacher. If you're an architect, you spend time training to be an architect. And all these are things where you get practice at it, and you fail, and you succeed, and you do. Like, it's it only seems to be kind of um, in in certain aspects of the arts that we're that we're okay with people just going, oh, well, I, you know, I, I didn't really practice that much, but like, yeah, let's give it a go. <laughs> see what happens. Yeah. That's like saying, oh, okay, well, I, I know what a car is. I'm just going to go driving. Yeah. Uh, I, watched, I watched someone else drive a car on YouTube. I think I'm okay. <laughs> I think that's a whole other episode as well, that YouTube and uh, what, they've done to, what they've done to us. Hi, YouTube. And there's, but the thing as well, I think with YouTube, YouTube's great for some things and it's really dreadful for other things. Um, but then it's also the, you know, the, 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 the plethora of people who have chauffeur knowledge who are then telling you things that they consider to be fact, but, and because it's presented in a reasonably 
kind of um, flashy way, mm. it's it's considered to be correct or accurate, and often it's neither of those things. Sadly, um, it's a lot of opinion. Um, and the opinions aren't challenged because it's just one person talking to a screen or talking to a camera and then saying that what they say is true. And you're mm. like, well, maybe it is true, but maybe also there's another aspect to it. Mm. Which we, this is literally what we do on Can You Hear Me at the Back, right? Like I yeah. say something and you go, yeah, but also this. And then, and then <laughs> and I go, yes, but also this. And that's... We challenge each other, and that's um, that's not to say that we know the answers, <laughs> or that dismiss everyone else but us. That's not what I'm saying. But it's kind of you know, at least we're 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 um, we're kind of you know, we're discursive. Yeah, we're discursive. We're kind of, what we're trying to do also is just kind of not nail things down. We're trying to keep things like trying to keep things in the air rather than. You know, kind of go, right, that's a thing, done, no more. <laughs> <laughs> Your prosody must be like this, finished, get out. <laughs> you will meet some people like that. And I feel like, it, and um, I know some voice people who are, who, who are quite like dogmatic in their approaches to things. And I think, you know, and I think there are actually times where that is necessary. Glad, where you, you know, you need a little bit more like, this is what it is, and this is not what it is. Um, and then there are times it's got to be a little bit more fluid. That's very true. That's mm. very true. I think dogma is one of those things that makes it really difficult to have conversations. Because mm. you're just like, well, hold on. You saying no, but you're wrong, and I'm right. That doesn't that doesn't doesn't help anyone. Mm. Have a convers. Let's have a conversation about it. Um, and then. We can go away and practice. Maybe come back, have another conversation about it, where we're both coming at it from a different perspective. Mm. Slightly altered perspective, where we actually find that the vast majority of the time, we're saying the same thing. Mm. You know what's, um, and it just occurred to me, this is my last thing I'm going to say, because I feel like we've been talking a while, but um, (laughs) uh, conversation and communication is something that has to be practiced. And I say this to a lot of people um, because um, because yes, there are tangible things that you have to practice, but there are so many people, and you know these people who don't know turn-taking skills, who don't know um, or, or uh, layering in a conversation, who don't know when possibly not to say something. You know, it's a, it's a social thing. Oh, that could make someone uncomfortable. That minute, and that all those things are practice. Sweating it. It's practice. Communication is practice. The thing is, there as well, in my experience, mm. is that you can practice it and practice it and practice it and practice it and practice it. And then you get into a real life situation and you say something and then you go, oh God, don't be racist. <laughs> and it's just like, not, not in an offensive way, just like literally, you're just like, oh, that's a thing that I said and that I probably shouldn't have said <laughs> yep. and then you have to sort of I've had classes like that where I was like no Andrea maybe not maybe not maybe, <laughs> maybe you should change this entire lesson system. that didn't work out well <laughs> <laughs> it didn't work out well no. sorry guys uh, bye <laughs>
time. See you next week. <laughs> we'll, we'll try again next week. <laughs> and then we're on. So, what have you realized mm. in this podcast? I have realized that you've got to do the drill, and then there's a thing called a scrimmage. <laughs> no, no idea. No idea what it's a practice game. It's the it's the it's the, it's a practice game, basically. I mean, I thought there's scrimmage, but no, what's scrimmage? What's that stuff where they, um, where sailors used to write on, um, on whale, whale horn, whale bone? Scribe, 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 scribe. I'm going to find it now. Um, while you, while you do your thing. Um, so there's scrimmage and, and then there's a game and you've got to do the drills in order to be able to do the game. I mean, I knew that, but I just really liked the analogy and, and it's a sporting analogy, which I'm going to put in my back pocket and keep there until until I'm working with somebody who needs a sports analogy. And then I'm going to use that and they'll be like, wow, you know about American football? And I'll be like, yeah. <laughs> I swear you have scrimmages here. Um, oh, wait, you might not actually. I think they're called something else. Who knows? <laughs> oh, no idea. Did you find it? Yeah, scrimmage. Is a confused struggle or fight. And also, in American football, a secret oh. play beginning with the placing of the ball on the ground with its longest axis at right angles to the goal line. I have no idea. I never, I've never, I've never. Scrimmage to engage in a scrimmage. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I use the entire thing wrong. I swear that. Oh, it comes from skirmish, as in like a little. Tussle and a fight. I I swear we used to say we were gonna have a scrimmage, which was just like a it was, it was just like a it was like a it was a friendly match, but it was like there were there were no stakes involved. Uh, like a friendly yeah friendly match. Yeah, we would have said we'll call friendly. friendlies. Yeah, <laughs> I think you do call them friendlies, but we don't call them friendlies. We call them scrimmages. Cool. Because they're like practices, I guess. I don't know. Andrea? Yes. Um, what did you realize on this, our podcast episode about practice? <laughs> we talked about a lot of things. Um, what did I realize? Um, that practice is very important. I probably should have practiced a lot more when I was younger. Um, and... Um, Ah, that it's not, it's not always what you practice, but how you practice. Yay! Um, and the other word that I was thinking of that's about sailors doing engraving on whale bones is scrimshaw. Right, not, no. Well, I mean, you've got, you've got the first couple of sounds right there. Scrim. Scrimshaw. Ivory calf, carving, 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 created by whalers. Some of it, really beautiful. But guys, take care of the whales. If you want to contact us about anything we said in the podcast, you can reach us on Twitter at can you hear pod or on instagram at can you hear me podcast or you can search for us on facebook and on youtube or email us at can you hear me at the back at gmail.com you can find me leon on twitter at leon trayman or me andrea at andrea fudge on twitter 
Please support the podcast by subscribing as a patron on our Patreon site. The link is in the show notes. To keep the podcast advertisement-free, as well as get access to cool extra stuff, discounts, bonus episodes, as well as supporting ongoing voice research funding as well. Okay, love you, bye!